I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, and welcome back to Gay Actually, a series as part of the UK Film Review Podcast. Today is a special episode because we are recording on the hottest day of the year, virtually, because why not? (laughs) Um, Why take public transport in this weather, basically? (laughs) Let's introduce ourselves. My name is Amber and I'm with the lovely Joyce once again for this podcast. Hi, Joyce. Hi. What's going on? So (laughs) it's going to be one of those delirious things because I was gonna go to Joyce's straight after work we had it all planned out we were going to record in person and then um it's 39 degrees in London so we're not going anywhere yeah it's absolutely horrendous how are you coping in the heat um well I've been blowing the fan at my face for like the past six hours um I can't do that right now so we'll see how this turns out um but yeah I'm lucky because my workplace has AC so I've been in the in the aircon all day yeah my AC at work um it breaks so I have not been in the office um I don't know if anyone has so (laughs) I hope so (laughs) yeah I think uh one time it broke and it was like 35 degrees in there that was not this week thankfully but that's deadly not fun not fun vibes um 
But anyway, we digress. Today on this hot, humid evening, we are going to be talking about authentic transgender representation in cinema and just representations of transness in cinema more generally. Um, That is what we're going to be talking about. So Um, just to give a little disclaimer as well, um, Amber and I are both cis women Mm. and um, we're not trans ourselves. But, you know, we love cinema and we are fans of cinema and especially queer cinema. And this is what the podcast is all about. So we just want to talk about these films from, you know, our perspective as cinema academics Mm. (laughs) and and members of the LGBTQ plus community. But we do want to acknowledge that we're not trans ourselves. Absolutely. I think it's important to preface that obviously our you know, these are our opinions as queer women, definitely. Um, also, in the spirit of me forgetting where my brain is at because it's so hot, forgot to ask you, Joyce, what's something gay you've done this week? Oh, fun! So, actually, something gay I did this month is I failed my driver's test. Did you? Wait, did yes. you do it in the UK? No, I did it in Belgium. Okay. But okay. I think that's pretty gay because of the gay stereotype that yeah. gays can't drive. <laughs> it's so. either it's either you can't do maths or you can't drive. And there's another I can't one do either. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't do maths. I can drive. Well <laughs> Just done. <fail>. Well done. <laughs> oh yeah. well, I'm sorry you failed, but that is true to gayness, so you have to be self. Just being authentic, you know yeah definitely you're just being real you're just being you yeah pride (laughs) um so what's something gay you've done recently Mm, so let me think i have not been my best gay self this week how i know so sad however (laughs) i did go to a roller derby tournament this weekend and i feel like even though it's not a gay sport it does have definitely gay slash pride vibes. A gay sport. Yes. <laughs> my friend, shout out Lauren, love you. Um, she is in roller derby and we went to see a tournament in Sussex. It was so good. And there was just a lot of people. Some people were in the queer community, someone, but everyone was just having a good old time. It was so fun. And roller derby, for those of you that don't know, it's roller skating. It's brutal. <laughs> really? It's a contact sport. It's one of the only sports, if not the only sport, that does um, defense and offense at the same time. Um, so you, I would recommend people look up roller derby because it is hella intense, but so fun to watch. I don't know if I'd want to participate just because <laughs> that's got to hurt. But <laughs> it was really good. That. It was really good. Oh wow, fun! I'm a little bit jealous. <laughs> Next time so you good. come, honestly, definitely. Right, we'll sort that out. <laughs> we'll record the next podcast episode at the Roller Derby. <laughs> Coming to you live, <laughs> reporting live. <laughs> Excellent. Um, right, let's jump in to um, talking about transgender representation in cinema. So. Let's kick this off. Joyce, do you remember the first kind of acknowledgement that you had on, how am I I phrasing this? The first experience of seeing a trans character on screen, like that you knew was trans. Yeah, actually, um, 
this was like really easy for me to remember for some reason, but I, (laughs) this is going to sound funny because it's, this show has nothing to do with like trans necessarily, but, um, there was this character on the grassy, the next generation, which was my favorite show when I was like 12, 13. Um, his name is Adam Mm -hmm. and he was a trans character. And I think before that, I never really um, experienced or like acknowledged any other trans characters on a screen, whether it's like film or television. I think he was kind of like the first one to um, catch my eye and Mm -hmm. to make me think about what it is. And I feel like when you were 12. Yeah, I think 12, 13, something like that. Um, And his representation was actually pretty good. There was, you know, some. Obviously, he struggled a lot. But everyone doesn't aggressive. <laughs> but he struggled a lot with his identity. And okay. there are some moments, you know, that aren't necessarily that great. But I think generally the representation was really good. And it was a really important representation as well. But the grassy like broke a lot of those yeah. um barriers, you know, of oh, taboo nice. and all of that. So That's so good. That's so good that you kind of you saw that character when when you were, you know, kind of young and you had a it was presented to you in a more positive way yeah shall we say that's so good I feel like that is something that we didn't get a lot in terms of all queer characters definitely so at that age so that is really good that that you saw someone kind of trans and positive my um my ex- my first experience was <laughs> not like that shall we say um I mine I saw Ace Ventura Pet Detective and I'm sure like you know it's quite a mainstream film so you know the character of of Einhorn is you know trans well it's revealed in quite a horrible way by Jim Carrey's character Ace Ventura that you know I won't use the language that he used but I know he's like Jim Carrey's come out a lot recently and kind of apologized for some derogatory things that he would say about women and you know about trans characters and and transgender people and and you know homophobic stars and that kind of thing so like I get it but you know it was just kind of that but it's presented in a comedic way and you know people would have found that funny at the time which is just like you watch that now and you I, I think I watched it fairly recently again and I was like what the heck like yeah how did that fly like how was that like regardless of gender how is that an appropriate way to behave towards someone no genuinely I think trans people have had it the hardest the longest in mm-hmm. the LGBTQ plus community definitely i mean still to this day they're not taken seriously like not Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's... a difficult one but especially i mean we're gonna like talk about the films that we're gonna talk about and stuff but i feel like a recurring theme in a lot of them is how they're not actually seen as people yeah so kind of shows that yeah a hundred percent it's just so derogatory um Mm. even like and I mean there's a whole scene of where Ace Ventura discovers that 
Einhorn is transgender and just the whole he has just such a complete there's a montage of him having a really physical re- negatively physical reaction to the discovery if right. you can call it you know a discovery but it was just so terrible and I think you know as a child like I think that did go over my head but especially as I got older I kind of thought wow like that is not okay at all I'm just going to plug my laptop in because <laughs> it's dying and I forgot to do it before we started. Not good. I mean, I don't think I'm going to do much editing to this one. So <laughs> no, the people will just have to deal with me plugging in my laptop. There we go. Enjoy this little behind the scenes moment. A little behind the scenes, a little <laughs> gay actually exclusive. Oh, hell yeah. If we had Patreon, that would be amazing. <laughs> Just like this five-second clip of you plugging in your laptop. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I think, I know we both have seen the... Okay, sorry. (laughs) The people are going to have to deal with the fact that it's been 40 degrees today and we have our windows open. Yes, and I live on a busy street. (laughs) And that is, I also live on a busy street, so it is fine. It is all good. Um... But yeah, the the documentary that we've both seen, um, Disclosure, it's on Netflix. If audience, if you've not seen it, I would really, really, really recommend it because it breaks down the whole history and kind of socio political like history like what am I saying? The whole background to trans representation on screen, it covers everything. And I think one of the things that really stuck with me is that um, someone in the documentary said trans people have always had to have a good sense of humour because, you know, (laughs) the representation that was there, if there was any there, it wasn't that good. But I say I say if there wasn't any there, like trans characters have always been or transness has always been portrayed on screen. Um, you know, it's been there since the creation of cinema, like ev- like going back to cross dressing or, you know, drag queens and then transgender characters. Um, it's evolved, you know, much like cinema has evolved. But you know, femininity has always been been something that's been mocked on screen so let alone you know bringing this in I think Hollywood has always taught audiences how to react to the LGBTQ plus community Mm -hmm. and especially with transgender representation it's not always been something that's been as vocalized which is hopefully changing more now but I mean we've still got a ways to go we still need more positive representation of trans people on screen but I think the way it was going back to Ace Ventura it was always portrayed as something to fear or that trans characters are sick or perverse like Mm -hmm. Silence of the Lambs for example like psychopaths Um, I think the documentary does a really good job at talking about how um, trans characters are portrayed on screen but without considering the transgender audience you know trans people are going to be watching this content and thinking oh god like and that's yeah. ho- that's horrible 
to me like I mean definitely the older ones and with older I, I literally mean until like the 2000s and up yeah. you know it's but crazy how recent how recent yeah I feel like it's what I said earlier like they're actually not people they're mm-hmm. like funny characters or yeah. they're characters that are dressing themselves up like you said like cross-dressing and stuff like that like i'm thinking about white chicks for example you know yes that it's it's stuff like that and it's always a joke and in that case yes it is these men are not trans women but they dress up as women whatever but it's always kind of like that and it it completely takes the meaning out of yeah trans or like transgender representation or how you represent yourself when you're a trans person you know yeah it's absolutely it's it's interesting that you say that as well um because i think the documentary talked about this as well about how drag was portrayed in relation to being black and specifically a black man about how it was kind of a thing that black actors had to do you know dress up like cross dress um it was kind of, I think it was described as a quote-unquote rite of passage, but then, you know, it. it's kind of the same thing where, you know, femininity is mocked, so, you know, the black person is being emasculated, and then that ties into a whole other issue, like, not only are we being, you know, anti-trans, but we're being a bit, you know, racist as well, and it's just, it's, it was interesting how all of these contexts were being considered, and, like, yeah how there's just so much history that we just you know that I didn't know about Mm -hmm. trans people on screen and I mean this yeah this documentary was really really um informative definitely yeah and you're right I feel like a lot of it as well are things that we've all seen and never thought about in Mm -hmm. this context you know I've seen a lot of films growing up and stuff with characters cross-dressing in parentheses like you know what I mean like Mrs. Doubtfire you know stuff like that Mm, mm -hmm. very just stuff that we've all seen or that we all know Mama's House that was a big one in my childhood I haven't seen that one actually it's again it's a good film and I remember it fondly like Mrs. Doubtfire Big Mama's House I remember these Mm. films very fondly from my childhood even Hairspray Again, Hairspray. Like, yes, of yeah. course, of and, course. You know, I remember these films really, really fondly. But then when you go into the like the history of it, it's like, hmm, actually, we need to take a second and kind of rethink yeah. this. It's like you you don't even associate these things until you're faced with yeah. it, and you're like, this 100%. actually has a lot of meaning, especially to people that are experiencing like gender identity issues and stuff growing up. You know, and then you yeah, see these things can... in. How how do you form your identity around this these things exactly. these representations exactly yeah definitely lots to think about for sure but shall we discuss what film should we discuss first we have a li- we have a little list of films let's let's start with one what do you think Joy I think it could be interesting just to kind of flow from the documentary. Um, there's this section in the documentary, I think it's Laverne Cox that talks about this, yep. about how we are kind of in need and like, you know, um, she says that about her community, obviously, but how they're kind of in need of good representation, even though, you know, you could have 
good representation that's very negative and then you can have good representation that's very positive and a lot of the representation that is technically good still shows like a lot of very awful things happening Mm -hmm. to trans characters even though they're real yeah and Laverne kind of emphasizes that we're in need of good representation that's positive where good things happen to trans characters because that's that's what you need you know as Definitely. growing up and forming yourself to see good things happen if it's uh, so i think we could talk about these films that we've mm-hmm. watched that are very depressing and very sad and that doesn't mean the representation of the characters are bad necessarily but mm-hmm. it's still you know it kind of makes you question is this really what we should be watching yeah so maybe we should start with boys don't cry then because i think mm. that was something that was touched on um, in disclosure about how obviously boys don't cry is, is for those who don't know is is a film that is loosely based on the real life story of a trans man brandon tina who was really sadly murdered because he was transgender and i think the documentary really really discusses this in quite a sensitive way but then also the main point is why is this the story that gets told over and over again why like obviously it came out in 1999 and it's just i mean it's very very sad and if you're a young trans person watching it very scary this would i feel like this would push you further into the closet 100%. like it would never make you want to come out and be yourself yeah you, um, do you want to give a little little sprinkly summary, as we have called it? In yeah, I mean, I guess movie. since it's been a true story and you've already kind of said what happens, like spoilers maybe are not that. But basically, yeah. it's a story of um, Brandon, a trans man, who um, doesn't basically... The, he, he, I'm trying to explain this he's on the run kind of because he's um he's supposed to appear in courts for grand theft auto mm-hmm. and he's on the run and he ends up in this little town where he meets this group of people yeah. and um co- really connects with them and he doesn't reveal his identity to anyone he presents like a man and acts like a man and everything and he doesn't um reveal his you yeah. know his um he struggles with his sexual identity and then he basically falls in love with this girl and then everything goes really bad when people start finding out um yeah i think it's it's so sad just i mean it's all aspects of it is sad but i think it's so sad is that he really connects with these group of people he's been struggling because the film starts with him running away from the brother of his ex-girlfriend who finds out that he's transgender and and he's escaping kind of you know that persecution and that violence and he 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 goes to this small town and he finds this group of people that really really like take him in and they're like oh you're one of us blah 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 and he's never had that before and that's so nice and the first half of the film is kind of it's kind of nice in in that sense um you know, there is that underlying anxiety of the, the fact that he is going stealth, so he's not telling anyone that he's transgender. Um, but then the issues for him only start when they do find out mm. that he's transgender. And that's that's so sad, and it just shows the lack of understanding 
especially in the American South, and you know, the, the, all the people in the film are very conservative, and um, they don't understand. You know, they think they think Brandon is a lesbian, and it's very, it's very, you know, degrading and damaging to Brandon. He, he's very upset, understandably. Um, and the thing with Brandon as well is that he doesn't really have the vocabulary or the knowledge about himself either. So yeah. when, like, he but called he himself a hermaphrodite. How do you pronounce that? Hermaphrodite. Yeah. At some point. Um, so I didn't know if that was in, he was saying that in earnest or not, or if that's what, like, that's the only word that he thought that, like, um, Lana would understand. Yeah, I think I think that's what it is. I feel like, and he says at some point he struggles with his sexual sexual identity, but the yeah. word trans or transgender never even comes up. Like he seems very isolated as well. So yeah, there's when, no examples around him, which is no. again is you know, and he he doesn't seem to really understand like his anatomy and um, yeah, you know, with these people obviously find out and become extremely violent like mm. emotionally and physically towards him he he doesn't seem to have the right way to process these things like yeah he, i mean i agree his 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 bodily autonomy is it like his autonomy is just not there he doesn't yeah. get to control his body or or anything like that and it's in in any way and it is just yeah I think not only is it sad because like obviously Brandon was a real person and he was really failed by the society that he lived in but also the message that his story represents is that obviously this came out just before 2000 and the events themselves happened in 1993 I think as a you know looking at that you think you know people at the time must have been thinking is this what's to come in the 21st century is this how trans people are going to be treated like it's not it's not it's not very nice um but yeah i mean in terms of the film itself i think hillary swank is fantastic as brandon i think she gives a really good performance Uh, did, did she win an oscar that rings a bell, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think she won an Oscar. I mean, the performance is good for it. Obviously, I'm I'm speaking as a very much a product of its time because I know that there is a debate now in terms of, you know, she's a cis woman playing playing mm-hmm. a trans man, and I know there's debates around that, and I'm not. Yeah, but yeah. A very well-made film, I think. What do you think, Joyce? Yeah, I definitely think so. It's just incredibly hard to watch. Mm, I, um, I really struggled, actually. Yeah, I can't even imagine being a trans person in the closet or not being quite yeah. sure about your identity and having to watch this. Like, it's no. it's dead awful, really. Yeah, this, I think... There's a scene that I feel like um, this film is very comfortable with it and in showing it so graphically that... Yeah in a way that I feel like not a lot of films do and that almost seems to be because Brandon is trans and I feel like you see that a lot with how trans bodies are 
treated violently on screen it's always it's so extreme and so graphic yeah 100 percent. like there's no inhibition almost mm-hmm. and this scene um it's like a sexual assault scene that happens is so horrible and it's so graphic and it 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 almost seems like the film is like the film can almost do it because Brandon's trans and that's yeah. where it wronged me a bit i yeah i think i agree with you definitely because again it it comes back to that thing of were trans audience members considered enough like right. were they telling the story with trans people in mind you know as enough mm-hmm. like because watching that watching that is hard enough let alone if you're a trans person trying to come to terms with your identity as you said before so yeah, yeah. we've both we, we both watched this film today by the way so we're both still very like caught up in the emotion of it yeah i think i'm still processing kind of how much how much impact that would have had at the time because i know like obviously it completely like blew the academy away like blew hollywood away and like i get i get all of that i think even when i was growing up and discovering my sexuality and i boys don't cry was always always on the radar of Mm. queer films that you have to see and i knew how violent it was going to be so i never watched it yeah. until today um but maybe i sh- you know i should have there is one thing i think it has going for it though and this is i think it, this is also where it gets a lot of its recognition but there is this constant sense of hope in brandon's character like he yeah. he never gives up hope even after the very worst happens to him he still has this like spark in him to like keep going and yeah, yeah. life is tough and like He's been through everything you can imagine a person going through. And he still wants to pursue, like, his love and his passion, mm-hmm. you know? That, unfortunately, it doesn't end like that. But there's always this sense of hope and, and just being, like, so true to himself. Yeah. You know? And I think that's a really beautiful side of it. And maybe that's what people... Why people are so drawn to this as well as a trans narrative. But, you know... Yeah. It's it's a very double-edged sword. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like a lot of these films are quite a double-edged sword because obviously yeah. it's you know, I don't want to take away from I want to obviously pay attention to all opinions. But I feel like a lot of these films there is a lot of critical debate about the authenticity of them in terms of representation. On, in the spirit of being unsure about representation, kind of in the present day in 2022, um, I do want to talk about the Danish girl. Um, obviously, a very, very high profile film again in Hollywood. Eddie Redmayne was nominated for an Oscar um, for his role playing Lily Elba. And uh, Alicia Vikander won Best Supporting Actress that year. It was 2015 the film came out. I don't yeah, know if it was 2015 or 2016 Academy Awards. Anyway, I digress. Mm. She won the Oscar. Um, Andy Redmayne was nominated, and it—I think it received a couple of other nominations as well. Um, but 
So, Joyce, you haven't seen this film. But what do you kind of know about it? Well, I've, I feel like I'm most... I know it's based on a true story of one of the first or like a trans pioneer woman. Um, Swedish? Danish. Danish. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I literally cannot believe myself right now. I said this Danish, is what the heat is doing to me. Yeah, I the film is called the Danish girl. I didn't even realize I said Danish, and then I was like, "Wait, it's literally called the Danish." Girl. <laughs> I'm literally so embarrassed right now. I have no idea. No, the heat fine. has fried my brain. I'm keeping that in. <laughs> so the Swedish girl is about. Um... <laughs> what the hell? Okay. Anyway, I needed that. <sighs> I can't believe how serious I was about it. I was so like, so like Swedish? Ugh, anyway. It's set in Copenhagen, oh. in Denmark. Oh, love that. Not Sweden. <laughs> Stockholm. <God>. Anyway. <laughs> Carry on. Reset. Breathe. Okay. Breathe. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> so um yeah based on a true story trans pioneer um danish woman um who was also married to a woman yeah yeah and um i know well obviously i know she's played by eddie redmayne and this is mostly why i never watched the film because it came out and then i feel like almost immediately there was so much drama around Eddie Redmayne playing a like a trans woman I agree um, I feel like the Danish girl I mean I could be wrong but in terms of mainstream representation I feel like the Danish girl really was at the beginnings of the conversation in terms of you know the debate of whether or not cis actors should be playing and cast in trans roles I think that yeah. was really the the catalyst for that um in yeah, my, in my right. perspective anyway yeah I remember it like that as well definitely because yeah. I think um, like Eddie Redmayne obviously there's no denying he's a good actor like he gives a good everyone in the film gives a good performance but I think the fact that it's so the trans aspect of it is performative I mm. think it doesn't when I was re-watching it it, it, it didn't sit right with me because I was kind of thinking like I'm watching a pub it kind of reduces the character to just their transgender identity yeah and, and that I don't like yeah and actually this part in disclosure was also very interesting talking about this how when yeah. you see a trans character on screen and you see them in real life and they're just like a man or a woman like a cis man or woman mm-hmm. you kind of associate being trans with a performative act instead yeah. of looking at it as a full person definitely and yeah which is I, that good. resonated with me that that made a lot of sense you know like yeah, yeah eddie redmayne is plays a trans woman but he's a man in mm-hmm. real life so yeah. what is that a very um you know a very masculine man well <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah well like masculine presenting you know and then i think yeah, that was that was the thing about the the documentary as well as it it kind of talked about how you see these great films really really highly produced and then in the awards ceremonies it's like Eddie Redmayne for the Danish girl and then you cut to mm. 
a masculine presenting man. And it's the same with Dallas Buyers Club as well. Mm, yes. Um, with Jared Leto winning the Oscar um, for his character. And again, it's kind of the same thing as we're reducing the character to just trans performance. And that's yeah. not how it should be. That's not authentic. Exactly. It's almost like it's what we talked about. I think when was it last week, um, last month or the month before about how, when did we talk about this? About how you're making the the topic palpable for a straight audience. Yeah, it's like but, watering it down. Watering it down, like how we talked about with gay women looking straight or being like very femme and straight presenting, just to make it palpable for a straight audience. Yeah. Kind of, this kind of feels the same, you know. You're, I you're, agree. you're not being too. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Risky because you're casting a cis actor. Yeah, I so, agree you know, with it as well in terms of... I think for me, another early another early representation for me was Max and the L Word. I don't, have you seen the L Word? Have I seen the L Word, girl? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, just asked, I just asked the most lesbian lesbian if she'd seen the L Word. <laughs> <laughs> Hell I just, yeah! I didn't know. Hell yeah! Max's story is absolutely horrible. It's ridiculous. But again, <laughs> it reduces when we realize Max is a trans man. All of a sudden, they ruin Max's character, and it's like mm. obviously the majority of the audience is cis lesbian. So Max is a great character, but then the second Max starts to transition he becomes really moody and problematic and yeah obviously again viewing this trans experience through a lesbian lens is problematic and the the way they handle that is so bad like mm. it, it's just not realistic and it's not yeah it's not yeah. good so and i think like that's the danger of these kinds of representations when you're trying to make it palatable for a straight or you know cis audience it's just not yeah good. i just realized i said palpable instead of palatable all these oh. times that word um, I didn't even know so english is not my palpable. first language <laughs> palatable yes so tell me about the danish girl actually because i don't really know the story i, I know like you know i feel like i know quite a lot about it but i haven't seen it so yeah i think yeah so um, Lily Albert, the protagonist, is um, she was a famous artist married to Gerda, who was also a famous artist. And um, 
Lily realizes that she's trans and she wants to transition. She, you know, her outside doesn't match her inside, you know. And she is the first woman, women? The first woman documented to undergo gender reassignment surgery, which is um, unfortunately how she. Spoiler alert. I mean, I say spoiler alert, but it's a real historical person. Mm. It's how she passes away. Um, but again, you know, going back to what we were saying about the performance of transness, there's a real in the film. The film, I mean, it's a beautiful film. The score is amazing, and like the landscape and cinematography, all that fun stuff is glorious. There's a real focus on clothing and the feeling of the clothing. Lily is always t- like stroking clothes and touching her clothes, and other pe- like you know clothes hung up on a rack or and there's a real focus of taking them off and putting them on again focusing on the trans element of of it um she's very observant about clothes as well she always notices women are wearing beautiful clothes Hmm. um and it it is it is interesting because there's i mean lily and gerda are so vulnerable with each other and it is good to watch that someone she comes out to her wife as trans and the reaction isn't overwhelmingly negative considering the time as well as the early 1900s mm-hmm. you know she i mean it's obviously difficult because gerda's trying to mourn the loss the loss i guess of her husband but then you know embrace this new woman and then um you know, their marriage is dissolved and she has to be supportive of Lily in a different way. But she's always there for her. But there's no language or under, like understanding of what is going on. And it's just, yeah, I mean, it's a really, it's a really good film in terms of navigating that, navigating being trans when there's no representations or words for it anywhere and because no one knew what it what it was right so which I guess is this is kind of similar to the way in in boys don't cry you know I mean Lily is treated kind of as a perversion as something that doesn't make sense but she knows who she is and that's that's a really powerful narrative but yeah I don't know how I feel about what we were talking about before in terms of Eddie Redmayne obviously playing this really like important historical trans figure. Aside from the criticisms and stuff, um, I think, you know, this is the, I think from our list, the one Hollywood um, Oscar Beatty kind of movie. Yeah. Um, So, you know, big audience, um, big reach, uh, you know, easy to access and that is always important you know stuff like that important story you know and 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 so in that way it's good and yeah it should be appreciated for that yeah yeah definitely so um but yeah shall we move on to i'm looking at the time and we've been going a while already i always do this (laughs) no i was like an hour an hour (laughs) i'll have to make cuts it's fine I'm going to have to deal with it. Let's talk about Tangerine. Okay. Sean Baker. 
Sean Baker. I had never seen anything by Sean Baker before. How have you? Have you not seen The Florida Project? I have not. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Okay, well, yeah, I'll add it to the so list. Good. Please watch it, honestly. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. So I've I've always wanted to watch this one actually, um, and it just yeah, kind of never happened. Yeah, yeah. Especially think- you know because it's such like a feat of filmmaking like it's all shot on an iphone and it's exciting i was gonna say apparently like i i read up on it i was doing my research um apparently that wasn't a thing that sean baker publicized until it premiered at um what festival was it toronto no toronto yeah if yeah it premiered at the festival and um and then they were like, by the way, it's shot entirely on an iPhone. Five so Apple. crazy. They should have been Everyone sponsored by Apple. <laughs> yeah. I wish. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's crazy because when you look at the film and the way that it's shot, it doesn't look like it's shot on an iPhone. But then when, when you've got that in your mind, it suddenly does make sense. But it's so clever. It's so mm. artistic. Like I've never seen a film film in that way it is and you know what's so beautiful about it is because it matches the story so well like so much is done with so little resources just like all these women that we see in this film they have no resources and they they still express themselves to the fullest and i love that 100 percent. yeah oh it's so good i would yeah we would both really recommend tangerine um so it's set on christmas um in christmas eve yeah. still christmas <laughs> christmas eve and it, it situates these two well focuses on two transgender women um alexandra and cindy and they are besties uh besties for life um cindy has just got out of jail uh she's been in jail for 28 days i think yeah. it was um, and now she's out. She's back on the street, um, and they're just navigate. They're both just navigating their life the best way that they know how. And it's so brutal. Like the story, like it is genuinely just. I mean, also like <laughs> it's funny, like how they're speaking to each other. Like I loved it. Like there is there is comedy there, and there is tragedy as well. Um, but it is it is very much like a drama. Like Cindy is out for blood, basically, because yes. um, her boyfriend or pimp, boyfriend both, both <laughs> boyfriend and pimp, she finds out that he's um, cheated on her with another woman, and she's like, right, I'm out for revenge. Let's go. And Alexandra is just kind of like, no, don't do. Okay, fine, fine. It's just on, along for the ride. Um, it is a story of survival. Like as we said, it's shot on an iPhone. It's not romanticized at all, um, and yeah, it is just real. And I like that. I because obviously, like watching the going from this to from the Danish girl, it's like the co- It's not glamorized at all. Um, you know, there's the realities of sex work are depicted, and yeah. which isn't. Um, necessarily something that I've seen on film done well before mm-hmm. um, and yeah what do you think about yeah you're right and and you know they have so much agency as well which I love yes it's yeah. it's 
it's like you say sex workers haven't really been depicted like that i think yeah that the control that they have over their over the lives and their bodies is really really important yeah um, to be shown i think um because i because i saw that um it's based on a real conversation because they i think sean baker had in mind um the actress that plays alexandra and then overheard her having a conversation or or something and then was basically like let's run with that (laughs) and i think it's so good that he just kind of took a back seat and was like i'm gonna let these transgender actresses tell a story that they they know and they're familiar with like that to me is like fantastic filmmaking like we're telling a real story Mm -hmm. um and yeah it becomes it becomes a story of women supporting women and trans women supporting women which is just it's just yeah it's because like obviously watching it i was like oh my god like there's a lot going on and it's quite intense but then i I was just like this is also really nice to see these women coming together and and helping each other and making jokes along the way yeah i mean i guess this is a spoiler so i'm not going to talk about it but there's a very endearing moment in the film it's just kind of like really heartwarming and that really shows that you know women supporting women whatever happens like if it especially if it's if, if men are involved like screw mm-hmm. the men nobody cares yeah it's like, yeah and you don't need him beautiful. girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> um yeah there's this really strong sense of community and it, it's, it's kind of yeah. fake as well at the same time um because there's this, you know, this whole kind of plot about um, Alexandra's performance. She's a singer, and like no one really shows up, and that's really sad. So it, you know, once again, a double-edged sword. But then within the narrative, in this case, mm-hmm. but it's very real, like you said. It's very raw, especially you know, and the cinematography aids with that. Definitely. Um, but on the other side, and we briefly, I think, talked about this. Um, it goes back again to what Laverne was saying in Disclosure about how we need to see trans women in a, or trans men in a different light than in prostitution and violence. Yes, oh, 100%. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, this film is all about that. It's all, all yeah. these characters are constantly intertwined in violence situations yeah. and they are doing their jobs, you know, as prostitutes. Mm-hmm. So they're just trying to survive, but then, yeah, as you absolutely. Say, it's good to sometimes have a narrative that's you know different from that. yeah because it is a great film and i think it's great representation for real people's lives yeah um but from a perspective of how should trans people be portrayed in cinema and stuff like that yeah definitely this this isn't the most positive type of representation it, it's real but yeah, because I, I also thought, like, when I'd seen it, it was directed by a um, a guy, specifically a, a, a white guy, I yeah. think, as well. I was kind of like, ooh, yeah. is that the right choice? But then, I mean, the film itself, like, it was, it was done really well, so credit where credit's due, but then I was kind of like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, same, same. Um, his other two films are very much about white trash. <laughs> okay families and like you know it's i feel like all his films are about lower class america kind of you know the the underdog 
sure, sure. Which is, they're super, they're so good, honestly. Um, but the other ones are about white people mostly. So yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't really know. <laughs> Interesting. But yeah. yes, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, kind of on the flip side to that, um, I think there's a film, I don't know if you've seen About Ray. I haven't seen that one. It's got Elle, Fa- Elle Fanning is playing a trans teenage boy. I'm going to look that up right now. <laughs> it's um, it, uh, it, mm, it's a good film. It's very different to Tangerine. Um, but I think originally it was called Three Generations and then the title was changed to About Ray. It's oh. got Elle Fanning and Susan Sarandon as Ray's grandmother. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> she's, um, she's a lesbian as well. <laughs> How have I not Listen, seen this yet? Listen, this is I'm why I was like, it. I need to add this to the list. So I'll, let me talk to you about it. as Because obviously you've not seen it. I'll explain it to you and then you can tell me. Yes. Tell me if you want to watch it. Um, so basically, Ray is a young man who has just come to, um, come to terms with the fact that he's transgender um he's i think 16 so he's under the age of 18 so legally he, they they live in new york um they live in a very bohemian new york as well it's very like liberal like um he lives with his mum and his grandma and her partner who is also a woman so um Amen. yeah living with the lesbian grandma and like it's very very liberal vibes but then again we're okay the the attitude is is that oh why can't he just be a lesbian and that's what kind of what we were going back to before when we were talking about boys don't cry and max from the l word as well um and (laughs) ray's queer grandma says this like why can't he just be a lesbian it's like well no it doesn't it doesn't work like that and and to be fair ray's mum is very supportive um, but the main issue of the film is that um, Ray needs parental consent to undergo top surgery. How old is and Ray? I think 16. Okay. Under 18, anyway. So he needs parental consent. This came out in 2015. So I'm not really sure what the what the laws were in America at that time. Um, but so obviously Ray's mum is very supportive, but Ray's dad is not on the scene. And there's a whole fiasco with that about get like trying to get him to find him and get him to sign these documents so right. that Ray can have top surgery and feel himself, you know? Mm-hmm. It's very important. Like he obviously is a young man, he's experiencing quite a lot of gender dysphoria because of, you know, all these different internal and external factors. Um and I think yeah, I mean, it brings up a lot of issues that were very prevalent in 2015 in terms of binding, if you're transgender, and then in terms of the school bathroom debate as well. Like, obviously, race still going on. Yeah, well, exactly. There's a there's a scene of Ray leaving school and going across the street to a coffee shop to use a disabled toilet because that's the only toilet wow. that he can use. And it's just that thing of him and his family having to go so, through so many hurdles for Ray to transition um and uh oh side note I wrote down this line as a quote and I thought it would make you laugh um the quote is from Susan Sarandon lesbian grandma queen 
and it says having sex with a woman doesn't mean you're open-minded it just means you're happy (laughs) (laughs) and i i heard that and i was like god (laughs) amen (laughs) honestly i was like queen but also you're problematic queen but also love it queen um but yeah in terms of in terms of about ray um you know he everyone's like oh you know can't you just wait until 18 but that that's not an option to ray like he feels so terrible in himself and you know why does his dad have to get a say like his dad hasn't been around for all of his life right he feels like his bodily autonomy again like films we've discussed has been taken away from him like he you know it's up it's in the hands of his parents and he you know there's a couple of upsetting scenes where he gets very upset about that um but yeah in terms like ultimately it is a good film i think in terms of the structure of the film itself i think it should have been more about ray considering that's the name of the film um they kind of tried to tap into the family dynamic and like family issues a bit too much um and i think that kind of distracted a little bit from ray's story um but other than that good you know i might watch it I, yeah, let me know what you think because um, yeah, well, you sold it to I me in like the it. first sentence, really. When you said Susan Sarandon plays a lesbian, L <laughs> fanning Susan Sarandon lesbian, and grandma. Naomi Watts. Yes, it's directed by Naomi Watts. Oh, she right? directed it. I don't know anything about this film, but I saw well, her name on me, the poster. Let me double check. Let me not tell you false facts. I think she's in it. I think she's the mom. She might be the mom. Come on, internet. This is my dream come true. <laughs> um, yeah, Naomi Watts. Maybe she produced it. Maybe I saw her on the credits or something. Hmm. Um, yes. Um, For um, oh, director Gabby Delal. Ah, there you go. For the okay. listeners, um, Naomi Watts is one of my all-time celebrity crushes. So, <laughs> what's your favorite thing that Naomi Watts is in? That's so difficult. Mulholland Drive. <laughs> <laughs> but, but... The, oh, that you didn't even hesitate. I know. The crush develops watching The Ring, which is very weird. How that would... Because I was terrified. Oh, wow. I watched it when I was 12 and I had nightmares for five years. Oh, but wow. Naomi Watts was the was the little light that guided me out of the, the tunnel. Out of the tunnel. Out of yeah. the closeted tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> oh man. I love wow. an Australian blonde. Anyway. <laughs> you do Kate Blanchett. What? Um we Nicole Kidman. Do... <laughs> we should do an episode on um Kate Blanchett alone. Listeners, if Say you want less. that <laughs> <laughs> If you want that listeners, let us know. Let us know. We'll try I want and... that. Does my opinion count? <laughs> we could talk that. Yes, you, of course your opinion counts. <laughs> we could talk for hours about how Kate Blanchett is gay. <laughs> yes. Has she done any other gay roles or is it just Carol? No, she's done a million gay roles. Basically everything she ever does. But yeah, complete tangent. Anyway, we have one more film to talk about. Yes, um, this was my favourite. Thoughts? <laughs> Yeah, it was really good. Definitely. I liked it a lot. Um, Yeah. Let's talk about it. Joyce, you go. (laughs) Oh, I go. Okay. I've talked too much. Um, Actually, so um, A Fantastic Woman is a Spanish language film set in Santiago 
Um, which according to Amber isn't true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to pretend like I knew that. Uh, <laughs> another thing I'm used to that. No. Okay. Um, so it released in 2017. And I actually remember this because this was when I was going to film festivals. And oh, stuff, yeah. And this one was definitely on the... On the yes, roster, it, but we didn't we didn't end up going. Okay, because it um according to Google, because I did a quick Google, it premiered at Berlin International Film Festival, and then uh, yeah, it won an Oscar for Best Foreign Language Film, which is incredible. Incredible, yes, yeah, fantastic. Wow, okay, is the word that oh. we're going to use. <laughs> Fantastica. Una Oscar fantastica. Mm. <laughs> Um, yeah, so a fantastic woman is about this fantastic woman called uh, Marina, and she basically her story starts. Um, sorry, there's a car. Okay. Her story starts uh, when she's dating this man. Um, oh my god, what's his Orlando. name? Oh, Orlando. Orlando. I'm gonna call him Orlando. Am I American? <laughs> So she's dating Orlando. Everyone keeps asking if and... you're American. On, on, by the way, <gasps> I had it the other day. Oh, Guys, where in America listen. is George from? And I was like, Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> PSA. That's like the best date, guys. <laughs> PSA. Joyce is from Belgium. Just so you all know. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> anyway, I learned English by watching Friends. So if that yeah. helps. <laughs> So yeah, um, <laughs> I'm just explaining myself. Um, so Marina is dating Orlando. He's just a cis older man, and Marina is a trans woman. And then one night, Orlando dies from an aneurysm, and um, the aftermath of this is very sad and depressing. It's basically Marina having to deal with. Orlando's family, his ex-wife, his children, um, who want nothing to do with her because they associate her, I think, with the, you know the breakdown of their family unit, mm-hmm. but also they see her as a perverse being. Honestly, they treat her like she's not a person yeah, at terrible. so many points. It's very sad. They they don't want her to come to the funeral. They don't. They want her to leave the apartment right away. Um, so yeah, Marina goes through this process, really this like post morn, like this morning process. This, um, yeah, like kind of separated from all of it. She's not allowed to be part of it, even though she was in a relationship with and Orlando, a very and she loves him. Relationship as well. They're so yeah. each other, affectionate and very kind and respectful yeah. and like loving, and you know, it looked like a perfect relationship. Yes, yeah. so. Yeah, it's very sad. And then aside from having to deal with the family, she also has to deal with authorities who seem to think they have a right to completely invade her privacy just because she's a trans Again, woman. it's the loss of autonomy and, that we've kind of been looking at. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I thought this was a beautiful film. Not least in the topic, like kind of busting all the stereotypes. You know, they, the characters make a lot of assumptions about Marina. Um that she is a sex worker or like you know not being treated well or even that she has stolen Orlando away and she's this scary person yeah. um he's so old he could be her dad yeah, they exactly. say to her and it's like 
if she was a cis woman, would you care? Like, and it, it, it just, yeah. And she just, I really just admire, like, how much she just takes it all in. And she's like, they're being horrible to me. But, like, she just, like, even though they're being so degrading and so disrespectful of her body and her mind, it's heartbreaking and invading her privacy, as you said before. Um, and the, just the lack of empathy, like, it's just, like, does she, she, <laughs> no spoilers, no spoilers, but, like, the way they treat her is unforgivable and she just takes it all in her stride. And, yes. I mean, what a strong woman like her character Absolutely. is so layered yeah. and so good it's just amazing yeah. and it's amazing that this film set in Chile focuses on a fully fleshed out character and not like it's a trans woman and the realities that she has to face and the the mistrust that others have of her like it's just amazing to have a film focusing on that and it's beautiful as well like the yeah. the way that the camera moves about the scene and but then also how it lingers on marina's face to capture all of her emotion and because she's like she's quite difficult to read like she doesn't react all the time emotionally she's very controlled in her reactions and you can see that in in the way the camera yeah. watches her and um and when when she's having to explain things, some, the camera doesn't show her face necessarily. When she's talking about, she's on the phone to Orlando's brother saying that he died. We can't see her face, and that's the first time that we're that we're hearing that he's died. And it's just so mm. clever the way that the way that the camera operates and the colours as well, like the blues and the reds. Yeah, so that's definitely struck me is how the colors so are like very, you know, realistic yeah, yeah. and true to life. Yeah, like mm-hmm. very grounding, I'd say. Like it really sets it in like a realistic yeah, context. Yeah, definitely. And um, also as well, I feel like music lyrics have a really strong presence in terms of meaning throughout the film. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you... Yeah, I don't know if you agree, but I just kind of was listening because I had the subtitle. Obviously, had the subtitles on. Um, I was kind of reading the lyrics along, and I was thinking, "Oh, that's got quite an important meaning in in the scene and the film." And um, I liked at the beginning that Marina was singing a song, um, and it said, "Your love is like yesterday's newspaper," um, and it just kind of feels like. There's kind of lyrics like that that appear throughout the film that are kind of like, does this have an old, does this have a deeper meaning? Like, the film is just so layered and yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. I really, really enjoyed it, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I think this is like a really good example of good and true representation. And Daniela Vega, yeah. who plays Marina, yes, is a trans woman as well. You know. And I think it, it just adds so much to it. Like, you can't replicate no, this with this To have, a, to have actor. A, um, an actress that understands all aspects of the character, I think, is, is, is so... It adds so much to the film. It makes the film. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, it's always, it's always better, I think, to have a trans voice. In that in that type of film, 
yeah. sure. Well, absolutely. What a lovely one to end it on. I feel like we've covered quite a lot of ground. We've gone on a real arc from negative to perhaps yeah. more positive and a bit more hopeful as we continue on into the 21st yeah. century. Where is 22 22? Where is 2022 going? <laughs> That's what I was trying to say. Oh, well we're like so it's almost 23 this is already our third episode Um, i'm already excited for the next one um but more we'll leave that for another time um (laughs) final thing before we go joyce do you have a positive character representation that you want to end on this week yes well even just for like trans characters in TV right now, that they're, they're so good, so many. But I'm gonna go for um, L. Yes, in I feel like I think L is excellent because it's not I know we talked about it in the first episode. I think in a second episode oh, yeah. I told you that I finished it in like a day. Calling myself out. <laughs> Open the yeah. Yes, L is a good it. one. I, I've definitely you know, shouted out L yes, as well. Yes, and it's so positive. Podcast, so second yeah, shout out to L, you're a queen. Episode. Tell me why you like L yes, so much. Absolutely. And the representation is just so good. Like it's it's there's so much. More. You know, her being trans is like such a small part of her yeah. narrative and her life. Like it's who she yeah. is, but it's like. it's not her story it's not her whole story yeah it's just the fact that that. you know she used to be at the boys school and now like the mix the mixed school and now she's at the girls school and it's like okay and she's accepted she's not bullied she's accepted right away or that by the way she has you know it's 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 so so good good. it's so positive like what more could you want especially for teenagers who's the audience for the show anyway 100 percent so, uh, how about I you? I have not thought of one. <laughs> Let me just think of one right now. What have I watched recently? I'm not going to give one... I'm going to do something a bit different. I'm not going to give one that I've seen. I'm going to give one that I want to see that I'm hopeful okay. for the representation. I really want to start watching Pose. Have you seen Pose? It's no, top of my watch really list, watch and it. I want to shout it out this episode because, again, it's the kind of thing of trans women supporting trans women and that struggle that they all go through and mm-hmm. and that sense of found family, which I don't think we've talked about in this episode, but I think it's in terms of the LGBTQ plus community, found family and chosen family is something that's really important. And I I believe that yeah. from what, from what clips that I've seen that this show does that really well and obviously having Janet Mock on the on the writer's room um there's an authentic trans voice there and that's so important so I'm shouting out Pose I want to start watching it maybe next month I'll check back in and amazing yeah let you know well I'll start watching yeah. after my dissertation you need to do your dissertation <laughs> back in about yourself. how's it going <laughs> Ooh, girly girl and on <laughs> It's actually going fine. Okay. Well, I'm that's good. I'm pleased. Pleased. <laughs> talk about it more when you're not drowning in work. And on that note, <laughs> thank you so much for listening to Love this that. month's episode of Gate. Actually, um, we hope you have enjoyed. Um, we hope we've done these films justice as well. Um, if you liked 
this episode, feel free to shout us out on Twitter at UKF Review. That's the UK Film Review's Twitter. And yeah, thanks for listening and take care, everyone. Stay cool. Bye. Don't melt. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.